For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I want to hear cannons! Three-step drop, goes on the end zone, on ball, touchdown Tampa Bay! Mike Evans reaches up with one hand and grabs it in! Here they go again, Tempo mode, dropping the throw, Winston out and got those to the left. It's intercepted into the 35, outside the numbers to the 40, to the 35, to the 30, to the 25, to the 20, to the 15, 10, Mike Edwards, touchdown Tampa Bay. That's the dagger, my friend. This is the Big Nasty. Yeah, Big Nasty. Hall of Fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! And they're the cannons, cannons. Fire them. Keep on firing them. Keep on firing them. Hello and welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast. That is a wrap on the 2022 NFL regular season for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They fall short in the regular season finale on the road against the Falcons. 30-17, to your final score. And the Bucs will finish the regular season with a record of 8-9. and nine. You know, it was, uh, it was a nice change of pace to see some, some preseason football for the Buccaneers to, to kind of wrap things up. Welcome back to the show. I am your host, as always, Rep. Matthew. Joined alongside me, making his return and on the podcast for the first time in 2023. The Philly Bucks fan himself, my good buddy and co-host Evan Wanish. How you feeling? I'm doing pretty good. It is. I just realized it is the first time uh, for 2023 that I've I've been on the show. So uh, happy to be back. And um, yeah, and today's game. I mean, you know, um, what what do you? We're gonna sit here and talk about it, but like, it's not like it it meant anything, you know. but we can talk about individual player performances, but overall, like, yeah, you know, it does kind of suck having being eight and nine, seven, nine and eight, you know, having that, that losing record instead of being above 500. But, um, you know, at, at the end of the day, doesn't really matter. I would have liked to seen them maybe. I mean, it seemed like on offense, like they weren't even really trying in, in right. the second half. Like it seemed like on offense, they were just trying to, at that point, just get out like, injury free and like i get it but you know would have liked you if you since you had a lead at halftime would have liked if you were down like 10 at halftime i would get it but since you had the lead at halftime would have liked to see you at least try and maybe extend the lead a little bit but whatever yeah a lot of things to cover today including the debut of kyle trask we'll talk about his first regular season performance but before we get into the game we've got an, uh, an important piece of business that we have to handle we were supposed to do this the show before last i mean we were supposed to do this a week ago and and i just kind of forgot uh and if you guys have been watching for a little while you probably know what's about to go down there's a big ass calendar behind me mm. it's time to flip the page man i mean we we're supposed to do it the first of january that's all right we kind of forgot about it our man mike evans obviously left the game early today actually didn't even play warmed yeah. up 
and then was listed out with illness. But a big is that, one is that like a the, normally it's calendar is only twelve months. You you have the other year on there. Or is there a new calendar? Well, I think this one starts. I want to say it starts in like June or July. Okay, and then it probably goes till March or April. We'll see. We'll okay. see here. So. Mike Evans, your December player, and honestly, we could probably give Mike Evans December player of the month considering the performance. Based off he had. of one game. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, 200 plus yards and three touchdowns last week. Great numbers for Big Mike. All right. Any guesses on the January player before I flip the page here? No, because honestly, I can't remember the other ones. So I feel like if I guess a player, I'll say, I'll say it's on, it's an offensive player. I'll say that. I'm curious on the track record of the performance of our, our calendar player of the month. Right. As mm. far as the year goes, all the guys that we've highlighted on the calendar. All right, here we go. Enough messing around. We flip the page to 2023. Actually, no, we don't. I, was the calendar. I thought <laughs> I could have sworn there was another page. <laughs> damn, damn, all that hype for nothing. <laughs> there it uh, is, folks. See, the last Bucks calendar I had was laid out in a way to where you could flip it and you could go, I think, until February or March. And I used that calendar for like oh, three or four like years. That, it's like that um, that one meme, like the Nathan for you thing or whatever, when he puts the, the thing on the table and it's like the you think you're getting dinner and he opens a thing, you get nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a deflating finish. And uh, speaking of deflating finishes, let's go ahead and talk about the game today for Tampa Bay. So... Let's get into this one. 30, for seven to, or, uh, 30 to 17, your final score. The Falcons on top. Brand, kinda... Brandon Michael with a $2 super chat said, epic fail. Let's right, go. So, thank you. Thank you for, for the super chat. Hey, if we, and, can get a t- uh, if we can get a $2 super chat for every epic fail, then we'll maybe, do that a maybe, lot more. Maybe maybe we, he can buy a new calendar with that $2. There we go. There <laughs> we go. Shout out to Brandon. Thank you so much for your support, man. Pleasure to have you here hanging out with us. Um, so 30 to 17, your final score from Atlanta. And obviously we can sit here and talk about Tom Brady's performance, but there isn't very much to say exactly what you would expect in a preseason contest for, for Tom Brady, 13 for 17, 84 yards and a touchdown. I will say that first drive, you know, some of the best play calling, I think we have seen from this Bucks offense, from Byron Leftwich throughout the entire season, we saw some creativity, Devin Tompkins had a huge pickup on the end around. And it's funny because I kind of hinted uh, on maybe the Bucks inserting something like that into the game plan on our Friday show with Sean King. This time last year, they did it with Scotty Miller. He found the end zone at home against Carolina. They did it again this year with Devin Tompkins, who is absolutely a speedster. And it wasn't quite a touchdown, but uh, he showed us some positive things today as well. And then obviously the Bucks defense were able to, uh, to hold their own on that following drive. I think those first two drives for the Bucks today some of the best complimentary football we've seen. It, it's almost like what we've been waiting for all year. Yeah, but I mean, based on the first two drives, you thought the game might not even be close. You know, I mean, the Bucks, the Bucks take, uh, you know, take the opening drive and, and march down, and uh, you know, we're able to score a touchdown, and then you know, they're able to stop Atlanta, get a sack on third down with Akeem Hicks and stuff. So, um, you know, it was seven nothing pretty quick, and then Atlanta pu- quickly punts the ball, and you're thinking, okay, you know, and then that drives their 
Bucks next drive stalls out a little bit, but um, overall, yeah, I, I thought the the starting offense, you know, did did fine. Obviously, Donovan Smith didn't uh, dress for today's game; he was inactive, so uh, probably he was questionable leading up to the game, but um, didn't didn't play. And then I don't believe Tristan Wirfs played at all either. Uh, he 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 dressed; he wasn't inactive, but just like Mike Evans, kind of, um, I don't believe Tristan Wirfs played at all. Uh, Luke Gedicke, I believe, was at right tackle, so. Yeah, Luke Gedeke, the former left guard, got the start today at right tackle. Um, I think the Bucks obviously just wanted to mix some things up and and see what kind of depth they really have. There were a couple of O-linemen who made their debut today. We'll talk about that later on in the game. Chris Godwin, though, pretty big game for him today. Six receptions and 55 yards, but it's all it took to get him over 100 receptions on the year, plus 1,000 yards receiving for the third time in his career, only the second Tampa Bay Buccaneer in history to finish a season with over a hundred receptions. Um, to be honest with you, you know, Mike Evans had, had put a quote out there saying that Chris Godwin should strongly be considered for comeback player of the year. And this is a guy who a year ago was rehabbing from an ACL injury that ended his season. What a great season for Chris Godwin. I know early on it was a little inconsistent. You know, a lot of people said he looked like a shell of him former self. But at the end of the year, to to end up with over a thousand yards in a season like this, and you know, almost getting the record for receptions in a season for the franchise, uh, pretty solid regular season for Chris Godwin. Well, and also the thing is, he didn't play in every game either. Um, he played Week One versus Dallas, but then he missed the next three, I believe, or, or two. Um, so like he didn't even play in every game, and he was still able to rack up that that amount of production. So uh, the touchdown production what wasn't there as it has been in the past, but like you know, Chris Godwin's, you know, he he's the type of guy who is is going to get you a lot of receptions, not necessarily explosive plays. He can do it, but that's not the role that they use him in a lot. So. Um, you know, and sometimes they would really force the ball to him, and sometimes it didn't work. You know, all that often, but um, yeah, I mean, still nice for Chris Godwin. To, uh, it's a it's a quiet uh, thousand yards and a hundred catches because it doesn't feel like like he had that type of season, but but he did. Yeah, a lot of screen passes involved to get him to this point. <laughs> uh, we saw that on display. A two dollar super chat from our buddy James, Mister Bucks Nation says last super chat for the regular season. Get rated, and uh, thank you once again to Mister Bucks Nation sending his audience over here. Almost 200, wow, <laughs> almost 250 people hanging out with us live on YouTube today as we recap the final regular season game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Shout out to everybody in the live chat hanging out with us. Roger Roger, Edwin Hernandez, Adam Coat, Buck Wild, Jonathan Smith, TB12 Goatman hanging out, The Crazy Shank, and anyone else I may have missed, we truly do appreciate you so what else do you want to talk about from this game? You know, the starters being pulled is one thing. So we got uh, a couple more looks at guys like hey, Devin Tompkins. Hey, got Kyle Rudolph's first touchdown of the season. Yeah, where the hell has he, he been? I, he I, I into the last minute. But. Yeah, I, I saw him. I saw him wind up in the end zone, and I'm like, man, who the hell is number eight for for Tampa <laughs> Bay? That guy should get some more reps. But literally, I think his third catch of the season, and uh, he finally ends up in the end zone, the 50th career touchdown for Kyle Rudolph. Like I said, it, it seemed like there were, you know, uh, some more wrinkles in, in the offensive play calling on that first drive for Tampa Bay. And obviously this is something that we have seen the Bucks do before as they get ready for the postseason. but it was a sight for sore eyes to see Kyle Rudolph find the end zone. I think his first touchdown in a Bucks uniform. 
Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's always good. I, I don't know if I, I don't know if Rudolph is going to dress next week. You know, I, I don't really know. Um, and, and well, here's the thing I wanted to say. A lot of people were like, oh, you know, take every starter out. Here's here's the tough thing about that. It, it's easy to do in the preseason because you have a 90 man roster. You can't really do it in the regular season because not only do you not have a 90 man roster, you have a 53 man roster and you need to have seven inactive. So you can only dress 46 on game days. So, like, that's why you saw Antoine Winfield out there a lot with the – basically in the second half. Joe Trinashawinka played a lot in the second half. Anthony Nelson was out there. Sean Murphy Bunting was out there. Because you can't just plug in every single backup in every single spot. So um, that that was one of the reasons why you can't – it's not as easy to do because you, you're, you literally don't have enough bodies. So, um yeah, I mean, yeah, we can get in, into a, a couple of things. Um, I was I was kind of surprised they let Brady in as long as they did. Felt like he was maybe going to get two drives. I, I think it would have been curious to see if they would have went on a long drive on the second one, on the second drive right after they got the ball right back, if that would have been it maybe. Because I think they wanted him to, get, to pass his own record for like the most completions. Or yeah. I think they wanted him to do that. Um, and also, obviously, they wanted to get Godwin his his stuff as well. So I think that was a priority for him. Um, but you know, I, I thought, yeah, I thought the offense was fine. It's it's tough to you know evaluate it because like, yeah, you can only really talk about the the first half because the second half, like, it's how can you evaluate that, right? I mean, Atlanta is literally you know, playing all their starters. Now, Atlanta's still not a good team, but Atlanta's playing all their starters. Meanwhile, you're not. So it's impossible to sit there and truly evaluate, um, you know, a certain unit or a certain coaching staff or a certain decision in a spot because, like, yeah, like if, if the Bucks kept all their starters in, they were up 17 to 10 at the half. Like, yeah, they probably win the game. Like, they most likely win. So, um, yeah, it's... Week 18, week, you know, it was, was week 17 for the longest time. Now it's week 18. They're always like one of the weirdest in, in, the, in the NFL. Um, I mean, the Dolphins and Jets game was 6 6 for the longest time. Miami just won. But um, yeah, I mean, week, week 18 is always just a crapshoot. You, you never know. And it, it can be fun at times, but it can also be like, this is excruciating. Yeah. I mean, when the coaches are clearly treating it as a preseason game, you know, you could kind of tell around the third quarter the Bucks weren't exactly serious about wanting to win this game. So, again, not a whole lot to talk about beyond that first half. But going back to the quarterbacks who participated today before we talk about Kyle Trask, we got to see Daddy get in there and spin it. Huh? Blaine Gabbert comes in, American hero, goes 6 for 8, 29 yards, and a touchdown. Russell Gage with a touchdown against his former team. Yeah. Glad to see him. Uh, he was he was in good spirits on the sidelines after that. That was his his you know final catch of the day because he ended up, I mean, obviously in pain on that impact, and obviously it wasn't great to see because Russell Gage has been fighting through injury for what feels like ninety percent of the season, and even through that, he has come around and made some tough catches for Tampa Bay. He was critical in the game winning drive. Uh, in overtime against the Cardinals on Christmas Day, had a couple of catches the following week against Carolina, and then obviously the big touchdown catch today. His season is over. I think five touchdowns on the year for Russell Gage, which is a season or a uh, I'm sorry, a career high for him, and to do it against his former team also kind of special. You know, I, I wasn't surprised to see Julio Jones inactive, but I will gotta say, uh, my hopes to see him score a touchdown against Atlanta this season 
were certainly dashed, and that bummed me out a little bit. But that's another guy that you want to be healthy and ready to go for the postseason. All right, let's talk about the elephant in the room. Kyle Trask made his regular season debut for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Didn't really get much of a shot. Uh, Yeah, I mean, a pretty tough position to be in. He comes into the game, and I think they're already trailing two possessions, if not close to it at that point. There was nine minutes left in the fourth quarter. The the Bucs before... So before the Bucks' final possession, where they picked up a few first downs, the Bucks ran nine offensive plays in the second half. Yeah, it was three straight three and outs it, between all three quarterbacks. I think this is still probably the least amount of pass attempts in a game that we had this year. Brady only attempted seventeen, Gabbard only attempted eight, and Trask attempted nine to wrap this thing up. So if the math is math in here, that's what thirty-four. 34, yeah. Yeah, 34 total pass attempts on the day. I don't think there were any games this year where Tom Brady had less than 34 attempts. Um, well, he, he he did lead the league in attempts, so there might be – yeah, there, there's probably there, – there might be may, maybe one or two games there where he didn't have more than 34 but uh, or less than 34, but yeah. So, obviously, not a lot to take away from this one, but it is regular season reps, and I feel like the pressure is obviously ramped up a little bit more than it would be in the preseason – I don't have really nearly as much to take away from this game as I would any other preseason game, but what did you make of the three completions for Kyle Trask and uh, the six incomplete passes that he threw? Yeah, it's tough to, like you said, it's tough to evaluate it um, because it's such a small sample size and it's so really meaningless, which is why I would have given... I would have given Gabbert, you know, the obviously the the drive before the half, the drive right after the half, and then I probably would have pulled him just to have Trask be in there most of the second half. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think he kind of got happy feet a few times. There was a few times I think he kind of rushed the ball out, whereas, you know, kind of me trusting your offensive line there would be the better option. There was one place where just dumped it off. They ended up picking up the first down on the third of Perryman, but the play before it, he just kind of dumped it off um, in like the dirt. And if he had waited an extra second, Cameron Brate would have been open for like a seven or eight yard game. But um uh, yeah, it, it, it's tough because, you know, you're not putting him in a, in a spot where, and that's why a lot of people wanted, not even, didn't even want Tom Brady to dress for this game. A lot of people wanted literally Kyle Trask to start the entire game. Um, and it's tough for a guy who not only, you know, it's his first, you know, regular season action, you know, in his career, but like his first football action against another opponent since August. So like he hasn't done it. So he hasn't even dressed and, um, I mean, I don't, I don't think he looked good, but like, was I expecting him to look good? Like, no, not, not really. Um, especially in the circumstances that they put him in. So, uh, like I said, it, it's tough to evaluate it. He, he showed off his arm strength a little bit on that throw to Perryman, uh, which is a pretty good play by the, by the DB to break it up. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I thought he, he wasn't, God awful, but it's just it's too small of a sample size to even say, oh, he was good, he was bad. Uh, you got to see him, and I mean, you're able to, to see him. I, I wish you would have seen him a little bit more, but uh, you're able to see him nonetheless. I can't wait for the endless film breakdowns all week long that are just going to overanalyze, you know, the hell out of these nine pass attempts from Kyle Trask because obviously people have been chomping at the bit to see this guy get involved in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense just to see him get any kind of action. I mean. Between your regular Kyle Trask stands and simply the people who want to see if this kid 
even has a shot at being the future of the franchise. People have been waiting to see him, and uh, they did see him today, even though it wasn't quite as much as we would have liked. But let's talk about some other playmakers on the offense before we flip it over to the other side of the football here. I, I really liked what I saw from Devin Tompkins today. Um, this is a guy who who certainly went out and earned his spot on the roster, has gotten an increased role here in the second half of the season, obviously becoming the primary kick and punt returner but he's worked his way into the offense and I mean you know for a guy who kind of came in as a sole replacement to Jalen Darden seems like he's done more for this offense than Jalen Darden did even though Darden wasn't really that involved but uh, four catches and 25 yards for Devin Tompkins and after a solid return to start the game Bradley Pinion didn't kick the ball to him again they they kicked it up and out of the end zone and I gotta tell you as a returner you know, we also talked about this with Sean King earlier this week. With Devin Tompkins, like the way that he runs, the way that he plays, man, he runs I can't very re- violently. I I can't. Re- <laughs> it, yeah, I mean that's true. I'll tell you that he's really good at sticking his foot in the ground and getting upfield. Um, but he just gives me that feeling that he could eventually break one, break for one. Right. Like when we watched Jalen Darden, when we were watching Jaden Mickens a couple of years ago, when those guys were returning, I never got that feeling. I never got the feeling in the back of my mind that like, listen, he's no Devin Hester. I don't want anyone to come in here and think that I'm saying he's the next big thing. But he gives me a little bit more of that feeling that he could break one eventually. Maybe if the block is there, maybe if somebody misses an assignment like, you you know, the feeling I get. Maybe not because you're frozen there. Hopefully we didn't lose him here. Evan Wanish connection issues all the way up there in Philly. That's all right, man. But checking in on the live chat really quickly as we wait for Evan to get back into this thing. Yeah, Andre Persaud. Tompkins could be a good sleeper. Uh, Jonathan Smith says, though no team has ever won a Super Bowl with a losing record, Brady loves new records, so there is that. And uh, that's the most positive spin I can think of it for the postseason. Looks like we lost Evan. Let me see if I can get him back in here. This is the beauty of doing live podcasts, folks. Neil B. Drummer says, welcome back, Evan. Well, as soon as we say welcome back, Evan, he leaves us again. I'm getting some texts from him. He's not very pleased with his Wi-Fi right now. Edwin Hernandez says, I completely agree with you. Not sure if you were talking about me or anyone else in the live chat. But yeah, talking about Devin Tompkins and his potential to really kind of be that next returner. For Tampa Bay. The crazy shank. Bill's playing out for Hamlin. Love to see that, man. Naheem Himes today with two kickoff returns for a touchdown. And I saw a stat that said it has been three years and three months since the last time the Buffalo Bills had a kickoff return for a touchdown. Obviously playing well for number three, Damar Hamlin. Keeping him in our thoughts as well. Well, well, well. He has returned. And he is pissed. <laughs> What's, uh, what happened there, buddy? The computer just does this stupid thing. Just all of a sudden goes to a black screen. And then sometimes, though, like sometimes they'll be doing a show. And I'll remember like, telling you, I'll be like, hey, man, for like the last 10 minutes, I was in a black screen. Like, I couldn't see it at all. But, it, but it, I can still hear it and everything. And you can hear me. But this time, it just went. And my computer, I turn it off. It turns back on immediately, and I can go right back on. But it's just that minor inconvenience of like I, I don't know why. Ugh. Well, so working through it like a true, working through it like a true professional. We are back and rolling here on the Can of Fire podcast, and kicking it right off with our buddy Matt Diaz, the five dollars super chat. 
says, biggest takeaway from today, Arthur Smith loves trying to sell pass interference. And I know we've talked a lot about the Buccaneers offense. I do want to get your thoughts on Devin Tompkins here in a minute. But going back to the Atlanta Falcons and their defensive approach today, I don't think it mattered who was at quarterback. Uh, they were bringing the pressure the entire game. I mean, I, I don't know the stats on on how many times they blitzed, but it seemed like they blitzed more times than not today trying to get after the quarterback. Oh, yeah. And um, Arthur Smith. I'm not a big fan of him. Um, I, I don't know. Not even not really his coaching philosophy. Just like I don't know. He seems to like whine about everything. It's weird. It's just, it, it's it's weird. It's just, so I don't know. It's just it's a it's a personal thing, I guess. It's just a oh, it's a, seen, oh, it's seen, personal. You ever seen, seen Step Brothers? Right. And at the end, when Will Ferrell and Rob Riggle are talking to each other, and Rob Riggle's telling him how to fix his face, like is there anything I can do? No, it's just it's just your face. It's just. It's Arthur Smith's face. It's not his fault. It's just, I don't know. Uh, before you cut out, I wanted to get your thoughts on Devin Tompkins. I was kind of talking about how, you know, I don't want anyone to sit here and think that I'm comparing the guy to Devin Hester or any of the all-time great returners, but he gives me a little bit more of a spark from that position than guys like Jalen Darden and uh, J- Jaden Mickens did in previous seasons. Like I said, it's not like he's going to break one every single time, but he gives me that feeling that eventually he might he might break for that big one we've been looking for. Yeah, and also I think the interesting thing is you can tell what they sort of think about him because he's a lot more involved in the offense even when the starters are in than a Darden or a Mickens was. So um, I think they definitely like him, and he, he does, I think he deserves a shot you know to be on the roster next year. Um, because yes, even though you have you have a playoff run now, you're sort of still in with those types of positions. You're thinking also in mind of next year as well. Um, so I think yeah, he deserves a, a shot, you know, to win the kickoff return job, punt return, you know, job in, in camp. I don't think he's done a good enough job to be like, oh, he is the guy. Like I still think you know they needs to be better, so they should be trying to find a dude. But like yeah, if if like if nobody else impresses and and Tompkins is the guy, then yeah, that that that's fine. I think he definitely deserves. Deserves a, a shot, um, you know, at that job and in the preseason. So we'll see if he's if he's able to get more action there. Andre Persaud in the live chat says uh, Devin Tompkins runs with uh, he he runs with might. He doesn't hesitate or have that scared running. He looks runs with speed and he is a fearless runner. Kind of like what you said earlier. He's a violent runner, right? Like he yeah, just, yeah. he does not shy away from contact. Yeah, it seems like he's always going. Like the only thing I would complain about him with punt returns is sometimes and it was the most infuriating thing in the Cincinnati game too because he did it on punt and kickoff returns um and just uh he sometimes his judgment on whether to let it go or whether to take it it needs to be better yeah. because sometimes he'll he'll let the ball bounce once and then grab it and then other times he'll yeah he'll let it go when he shouldn't and it's just he needs to be better at that which I mean with experience you know he will be but um you know I like I said I think he's shown me enough hasn't been great but like he's shown me enough flashes to earn a a, a spot to to compete for that job you know in camp yeah and he made a mistake today he knew it immediately I think the turf kind of got the best of him there but he came down to field it kind of slipped. And then the ball bounced right by him and, and went ahead and rolled another 10 to 12 yards. He was frustrated with that, but I totally get your point. Something that's going to come with experience. Let's talk about the running back room one more time before we look at the defense for Tampa Bay. Gio Bernard, your leading rusher. That's something new. Seven carries, 28 yards for him. Your boy Sneak 
showing some production today, getting the reps, eight carries for 26 yards. Devin Tompkins on the end around had 17 yards on one carry, and Rashad White only had four carries for 15. Leonard Fournette came in the game for a couple snaps, but literally came in to play pass protect, and that was it. Um, I will say, you know, we, we talk about the success of the offense on that first drive of the game. I think a big part of that, I mean, in the first half, it seemed like we saw some sort of semblance of of just an effective running game. You know what I mean? Like there was a one point, I think, headed into the half. The Bucks had nearly 60 plus yards on the ground, which is a nice change. Um, and, and while it wasn't, you know, the day that all gear had for Atlanta, it was enough to kind of, uh, again, add a wrinkle into this offense that just has not been there for the entire season. And they were doing it with backup linemen. Yeah, but t- Tyler Aguirre, like, I like him, but, like, he got a lot of his yards against that backup defense. So, like, yeah, the the Bucks' depth has long been an issue, even when, you know, they won the Super Bowl in 2020 and they were 13-4 and four in 2021. Their depth has been an issue for a little bit now, and it's kind of showing when, when you do those types of things, when you pull the starters and stuff. Um, but, um, yeah, it, it looked competent right like the running game looked competent which you know they didn't even set the world on fire today which has sort of speaks volume to how bad the running game has been this season for this team um and and i don't think in today's nfl you don't need to be a ground and pound tennessee titan style you know team but uh you definitely do need a, a bit more um you know, a bit more semblance of a run game because everybody says, oh, they're great off play action. You know, well, yeah, I, I, I believe, I do believe that you don't need to be a good running team to set up play action, but I think it helps. Like, I, I think it helps even more. So um, I do think, yeah, if you're able to just be consistent enough with it, you know, don't always light first downs on fire by going to immediately second and 10 or second and nine, you know, um, if you're able to just find a little bit more consistency between the tackles running the ball, I think it could help the offense out a lot. Absolutely. I agree here. One more guy on the offensive side of the ball. I want to talk about just because I had seen him mentioned in the live chat. And I think his future as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer is a little murky for the time being. That is tight end Cameron Bright, a longtime Buccaneer. I think one of the longest tenured Bucks on the offense, aside Quietly, yes. aside from a Mike Evans. Um, Jonathan Smith says, I was watching Cam Bright from two years ago, and he has definitely regressed instead of growing better. Edwin Hernandez, Edwin Hernandez also says, I don't think Bright will be back after this season. A couple of things to keep in mind here. Uh, not to say that Cam Bright is old, but he's pretty old. I, I mean, he, he's, he, he he's was, been, he was never, he was never the most athletic guy in the world. Right. Okay, he, he's been on this roster for long enough now to where, you know, we have witnessed him become less and less involved in the offensive game plan. I think this season, probably just the least amount of production we've probably ever seen from Cameron Bright. He was a healthy scratch a couple of weeks ago. With that being said, you think this is his last season as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer? So he's, he's 31 years old right now. And like I said, he was never the most athletic dude. Like he wasn't gonna catch the ball at the ten and take it to the twenty-five. Like that's just not really him. Um, I do think there's a decent chance this is it for him um, with Tampa. Uh, they, I'm, I'm looking at it now. Um, this is from over the cap. 
if he's cut before June 1st. They do have some dead money, but they also save $2 million against the cap. Um, and they're going to need that. So they're going to need a lot of cap space. They're going to need all the cap space they can get, which everybody's like, I saw a couple people this morning because Greg Allman had posted, his spot rack put out the market values and stuff for uh, a couple of the Bucks players. How about Tom How about Tom Brady at 40 mil? Yeah, I mean, that's what he's worth. I mean, you know, if you're talking about a top quarterback, like top quarterbacks, that's what they get. So, um, so... Greg had put that out, and a couple people were like, "Oh, well, how are they going to sign anybody?" You know, they're forty million over the cap. Look, you can figure out ways to restructure stuff and and get rid of players. And I think Bray could be one of those guys. So, and like, Otten's cl- clearly better than him. Um, and you can easily find, I think, a veteran tight end for cheaper that can give you a little bit more maybe that than, than Braid has at this point. So I would expect Cannon Braid to probably not be back on the team next year. Yeah, and talking about that tight end position group, I think the emergence of a Kate Otten who had one hell of a rookie year, especially for a Buccaneers tight end, you know, he he wasn't a, a bona fide replacement for a guy like Rob Gronkowski, but I think people were pleasantly surprised to see uh what kind of start he had in the nfl pretty productive year for big number 88 i think he's going to be good in this offense for at least the next three years but let's talk about the defensive side of the ball antoine winfield jr played pretty much the entire game your leading tackler 10 tackles and three assists only one sack on the day which was surprising that comes from big akeem hicks his only tackle on the day and then, um, you know, once they started pulling more of those starters is is when things started to to fall apart slowly but surely in that second half. What did you make of the Bucks defense today after a hot start? Yeah, I mean, really, I mean, the first half, Atlanta had like 72 yards to total offense in the first half. So um, Atlanta's offense is not a juggernaut. It never was a juggernaut this year, which is why this game was meaningless for them as well. One of the reasons that they're not going to the playoffs, right, is their offense hasn't been good enough. But, um, yeah, I mean, I thought the Bucks defense did its job, and then, you know, they take out the, the, the starters. And, you know, that's what you're going to get when you're – when you're playing a bunch of second and third stringers, I mean, Anthony Chesley was in, um, KJ Britt was obviously in the, the linebacker who I'm not going to try to pronounce his name. He was in, um, they just signed him, uh, I believe a few weeks ago. Uh, he's been on the practice squad. So like, it's, you know, it's like I said, it's tough to evaluate the second half at all because it's like, okay, like, what does it matter at that point? Um, and they also, the offense didn't do them any favors because like I said, the offense only ran nine plays at one point. So you want to talk about the defense having to literally go back on the field after being on it for seven minutes, go back on for another six minutes, go back off, go back on. It was, um, a a lot. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I, I thought the defense, like I said, though, overall from what the starters showed, um, was, was pretty positive again. It's against a pretty lackluster offense, but um, I, I did think what they showed w- was at least positive. Obviously, had had the turnover um, as well, so th- that helped. Now, as we talk about both sides of the ball, a win today probably would have gone, you know, a little bit farther in terms of carrying that positive momentum into the postseason. But again, coming into this game, a lot of guys in the Bucks locker room knew they probably weren't going to be playing the entire game. It was obvious that after the second half. The Bucks coaches were treating this as a preseason game, and that's exactly the way things played out. So as we look ahead to the postseason, what do you make of the state of the Bucks 
more than likely going to be playing the Dallas Cowboys next week. That one seed's still up for grabs, but I I think, you know, with, with, uh, with the Giants pulling Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones today, the Eagles should be able to handle business and hang on to that one seed in the NFC. So with the Bucs expecting a matchup with Dallas next week, they already beat them once this season. And uh, with the starters coming back, maybe a question mark at the center position. Let's not forget Robert Hainsey left the game today and was injured, and he was vocal on the sidelines. There was some reporting that he was you know, cussing up a storm, clearly in pain, headed to the locker room. So an unfortunate end to his regular season where he has been serviceable, stepping up into that center position uh, Ryan Jensen, a little more, a little more pressure on him to come back in the wild card round. But uh, what do you make of where the Bucks are right now with an eight and nine record heading into the wild card round? Yeah, I mean, you know, you don't want to get in too much into the the matchup because you know I don't want to spoil the the preview show. But assuming it's the Cowboys, I think, I think based on matchups, you would rather play the Cowboys than the Eagles. I think the Bucks match up a little bit better than. Um, with the Cowboys than 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 Philly, so um, yeah, I mean, you know, they, they beat them once. It's week one, like this. That doesn't really matter to me as much, you know. It's week one. So much has happened since then. Um, yeah, and, and you know, you just hope that everyone's healthy, which was should, you know was a goal of theirs for this game. So you hope they achieve that goal. Um, you hope guys like that sat out today, like Carlton Davis, Carl Nassib, Donovan Smith, Vita Vea, Logan Ryan. You hope those guys, you know, they hope it was on the cautious side, not on the, oh, these guys really can't play side. So, um, yeah, hopefully they can get, you know, all, all healthy and everything. And um, it's not going to be easy because, I mean, I, I think Dallas is a better team right now than they were week one. Um, so, I, I think they definitely have have challenges, but at the end of the day, if you're looking at teams, you know, it's, it's either going to be Philly or Dallas. That those are the two teams. There's really, I don't believe there's any other scenario where there's any other team. So, um, you know, out of those two, I think you definitely want to play Dallas. So I, I think you're getting the the matchup. Um, I'm not sure if it's a matchup advantage per se there, but I think it's closer. Um, I, I, I think Dallas would much rather not see a team like Tampa in, in the playoffs. Um, but you know, yeah, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. We will, we'll know, um, you know, by seven thirty, eight o'clock, because that's both the Eagles and Cowboys are playing right now. So, um, we, we will know what it's going to be, uh, at that point. So, um, yeah, just, just have to, just have to wait and see. And then maybe you get a time tonight, a, a date and time. I mean, you'll definitely have it by the end of tomorrow, you know, early tomorrow probably. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting and, you know, crazy how it's third year in a row, you know, going through the, going through the playoffs. So yeah, no it's, kidding. it sucks that they've never been able to land the one seed, um, you know, and, ha- and have the buy. I know really only last year was the only year that they were, they were really close to that, but, um, yeah. So we'll have, to, we'll have to wait and see what happens. You know, I, I think something that as far as talking about the matchup with Dallas, something that maybe some Bucks fans can can hang their hat on, pun intended. Uh, the fact of the matter is Dak Prescott has not played well these past couple of weeks. Um, just sloppy with the football, you know, giving it away. Not sure what the game plan is going to be for Tampa Bay. Obviously, we're going to talk about that more on the preview show this week. But if there's anything people can kind of be excited about, and maybe something the Bucs could take advantage of. This defense has started to really make a trend 
of getting takeaways here at the end of the regular season, something they were not able to do for a lot of the season. The discipline has been there for the most part. You know, we talked about it with Sean King earlier this week. Um, something the Bucks have not really done on the defensive side of the ball, at least that I've noticed, are just those back-breaking offsides penalties, right? Like a big third and five, and they try to get you offsides on the snap count. They really haven't fallen for that. And I think that that goes to maybe give some credit to Todd Bowles and the way he has coached up this defense, because whether people like what he has done as a head coach, you cannot deny this Bucks defense has been serviceable this year. And I hate to say they've been underrated because they haven't been lights out. But I, I do think in the grand scheme of things, this 22 defense isn't going to uh, isn't going to be remembered as fondly as it should be simply because of the offense not being able to score enough points. But a lot of storylines in that game with Dallas. And if it's Philly, then we got just as many storylines as well. A rematch from last year's wildcard matchup where the Buccaneers came out on top in Raymond James Stadium. Let me ask you something here. And this is obviously something that we are just going to slam the book shut on. But it has been discussed in the live chat. And I think of a, a couple of other people are curious. Um, what's up with the Sean Payton rumors? There, there, I don't know what they're talking about. There is I, no rumors. I literally, I don't. Uh, well, here's what I don't understand is I don't understand people linking Sean Payton to Tampa Bay. I just, it, you know, there is a 0% chance, in my opinion, that Sean Payton is coaching yeah. the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. Not even next year, but the year after Everyone. that, especially with the Broncos making the moves this week that they have. Yeah, ever. Like, it's it's not – there is no rumor of Sean Payton to Tampa. Um, if you're seeing that, um, that's not credible. Is it? It is not happening. They're not firing Todd Bowles. Byron left, which may be another story, but they're not. And no, Sean Payton's not going to be the offensive coordinator either. So I saw some people were like, oh, can Sean McVay be the offensive coordinator? I was like, okay, yeah, sure. He would definitely go from a head coach to an offensive coordinator position. Yep. Um, yeah, it, stop. It's not, yeah, it's, it's not happening. Even if, even if we knew, even if right now the Bucks missed the playoffs and we knew Todd Bowles was getting fired, still be like zero percent that Sean Payton would become the head coach of the Bucks. It just, it wouldn't happen. All right, so we we got into this in great detail in the second half of Friday's show. I didn't get to get your thoughts on it, but uh, you know, we talk a little bit more about rumors and what the future may or may not look like for Tampa Bay. Some people in the chat have already brought it up as well, but. The future of Tom Brady at quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Some people aren't so sure, obviously, with that free agent status looming, and the Buccaneers are going to have to do some gymnastics to really bring as many people back as they want to this offseason. Tom Brady has options. Um, does he have as many options as he did this time a year ago? Personally, I don't think so, because this offense just it wasn't what a lot of people wanted it to be this year. But if Tom Brady does decide to play another year in the NFL, which, listen... I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to lean towards Brady coming back and playing. Um, other people obviously have different feelings. I think you might still think he retires, but what do you think the move is for TB12 following this year? Well, I mean, I'm just going to preface it with I have no idea, but I, I, if I had to guess, I still think retirement makes a lot of sense. Um, he has, you know, he, he has a, a job waiting for him. He's wanted to play till he was 45 years old. He got beat up a good bit this year. Like, you know, I don't know if he wants to do that again. Like, it Bro broke his like own record for most passing attempts in a single season in NFL history. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, he does have options. 
So I've seen, and I, I, I tweeted this out on Friday, and because it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, everybody's on this whole Raiders kick. And like, Colin Cowherd did his, like, quarterback carousel thing, and him and I think Jason McIntyre is his co-host, they both picked Brady to the Raiders. You, If Brady goes to the Raiders, will they be better? Yes. They won't win more than, like, nine games, though. That the, the overall, it is such a different situation with Tampa in 2019 than in Vegas right now. You look on the Vegas depth chart, it on especially on defense, there's no names. Like it is, it is a bunch of just dudes. So I, I mean, I just I don't see what's the appeal. San Francisco, maybe you know you're going home, and that team is ready to win now. Like that, that team is you put Brady on there. I think that team wins the Super Bowl. But I mean, does he really want to travel to the West Coast and everything? But if okay, let's say he does, he says he wants to travel to the West Coast. Why would he choose the Raiders over the 49ers? Is it, I think it's just because if Josh McDaniels wasn't the head coach, nobody would be saying it. So it, it is, it's so dumb to me. Like, why? Their offensive line has one good player on it. Their running back, Josh Jacobs, has basically admitted that he's leaving. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah, they have Devontae Adams. What else they got? Like, they have Devontae Adams and Darren Waller. On defense, they have one good player. It's Max Crosby. Hey, hey, the remember, the stereo- remember the stereotype, though, with Tom Brady and his small white receivers? They also have Hunter Renfro for the time being. Yeah, sure, but like, is that going to be like Brady is going to be very selective in in what's next for him if he decides to keep playing? He was very selective the first time, so like, I just they don't the Raiders don't have the roster to me to appeal to him. So I still think retirement is, is the most likely option. I've gone on record and say that retirement is one, the Bucks is two. Um, and I think another team would be three. Some other people like Trevor Sikama seems to think otherwise. That's fine. You know, everybody can have can have their opinion. Um, it was interesting. Um, Scott Reynolds' Peter report came out a few weeks ago. It was like right before Christmas um, and said that, you know, after speaking with a few people that he that he has, a, he spoke with a few people that were close to Brady. He has a hunch that Brady's coming back to the Bucks in 2023, which, you know, it wouldn't shock me. Um, but at this point, I still think that that retirement is the most likely thing. But right now, right now, I don't even think he completely knows. So yeah. it, at this point, it is so, so out there. Um, but yeah, just to some of the theories that people have, I just, I don't see it. I, I tend to agree with your sentiments here in the fact that, you know, the Raiders, I just, it, there's no way. There's no possible way. I, I also think that there is a huge chunk of that fan base that would absolutely hate that. Because every Raiders fan that I know personally, like, has a personal vendetta against Tom Brady for the tuck rule 20 plus years ago, which obviously changed the course of NFL history and uh, led to the one of one of the greatest dynasties of all time. But with that being said, my personal opinion, if he goes west, he's going to be a Niner. There's no there's no other team. There's no other roster out there. I agree with what you say, but. I'm going to change my ranking, all right? And and this is just a gut feeling I get. I've been wrong in the past, clearly, because um, I said the same thing last year. But the difference between last year and this year are the quotes that are coming out from Tom himself. If you've been listening to his Let's Go podcast, if you've been listening to how he addresses questions of retirement, it doesn't feel as vague as it did last year. Like, he is the king do at you, giving the media maybe, nothing. Maybe do you think that he's maybe learned his lesson, though? 
it, it what as far as saying too much without saying yeah, anything yeah 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 maybe yeah. he's like, like oh i did that last year let me take a different approach this year because he always said he didn't really want a farewell tour right so it sounds like he's gonna retire you know he's like a lot of people are starting to expect oh he's gonna play again you know so be like and that's not it hasn't really been a farewell tour well let me let me ask you this like did did you see just the way he was acting on the sidelines after they pulled him out of the game today, like his body language, he was like a crackhead. He, he wants to play. He was over there, you know, fucking fiending to get back into the game, man. He's like, you guys got any more of that football? I mean, he really wanted to get back out there. And that just does not look like a guy who is going to be ready to hang it up. Now, listen, if the Bucks go on an improbable run here in the postseason and they somehow win, win a championship yeah, and he walks away with his eighth ring, then you know what? He's probably going to go ahead and hang it up because what more do you really have to prove? I mean, what more does he have to prove at this point? Nothing at all, but he's clearly a guy who still wants to play. A lot of people getting excited this week because he posts, you know, a picture in a throwback Doug Williams creamsicle jersey, tags the Bucks and says LFG. Everybody knows the Bucks are getting the creamsicles back in 2023. Tom has been vocal about how he's wanted to play in the creamsicle. I'm not saying that's the sole reason he's coming back. But again, there's just there's tiny context clues that I have been picking up. And it gives me this gut feeling that if he does come back for a 24th season in the NFL, it's going to be in Tampa Bay. They have the resources here to keep him happy, to keep kicking the can down the road. And the Glazers, Jason Light, this entire front office, they're going to do whatever the hell they can to keep him happy. I, 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 can, I can tell you that. Yeah, yeah. that's. They're going to do whatever it takes. Um, so, yeah, whatever whatever he says. And, I mean, and, and you know, and a lot of people report on this, but, you know, it, he has a really, really good relationship with both the Glazers and Jason Light. Um, so, yeah, they will do pretty much whatever it takes, if you know, to, to get him back. So, um, you know, we'll see. I mean, you could, you could run down the list of people, you know, the list of teams and stuff. You know, Miami might make sense, but it only makes sense if, you know, that third concussion after if Tua says, you know, hey, I'm, I'm done. But if, like, if Tua doesn't says he's, say he's done, why would Miami do that? So <laughs> Lamar Jackson. Like, well, no, no, I'm just saying why would Miami replace him with Brady? Though? No, you're right. You know, right. because you have to imagine it's going to be one or two more years for Brady. Like, you can't imagine it's going to be this very long thing. I think it would probably be one year um, with wherever he would end up. But, um, yeah, that's that's a topic for another day. Um, because, but we will, I think if it's retirement, uh, I think you're going to know, obviously, sooner rather than later. But, obviously, uh, it could be a pretty – if he doesn't retire, let's say, you know, it's mid-February and he still hasn't retired and uh, you're starting to get into March, um, it could be a pretty stress-filled uh, first couple weeks of March there for a lot of Bucks fans. Yeah, no kidding. I, I think Brady's attitude on if he wants to test the waters um, will will be pretty telling. You know, the longer it takes, the the more I think we're going to learn about what his future is going to be, obviously. And as we wrap things up here, just another update – Todd Bowles at the podium didn't have any injury updates for any of the guys that left the game today, including Robert Hainsey's hamstring. Evan, closing thoughts on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 2022 season as we head into the playoffs. Um, yeah, it was, it was, uh, I don't even know if I would say roller coaster because like they didn't have that many highs. No, you you know what you know what kind of sorry I don't mean to cut you off here, but this is just the perfect analogy to me. Uh, you've been to Bush Gardens. I don't know if you've ridden this coaster in particular. It's actually not even around anymore, but it reminds me of the OG Guazi. 
because it was a roller coaster ride. But when you get off of it, you've got a headache. You're nauseous. Your back's kind of hurting. So you, you know what I mean? It was a up. it was a roller coaster ride that beat the hell out of you for 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 all 18 weeks of the season. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I mean, there there wasn't a ton of highs, but there was a lot of signature moments. So, and of course, obviously, you know, another year of, of having Tom Brady as your quarterback. Um. You know, it certainly makes for some some special moments. So. Um. Yeah. Just just looking forward to. To the playoff run, and then obviously, you know, a very, very interesting offseason, which could mean really lead to, you know, a different era. So, but we'll see. You got, you got a playoff run to get through, you know, before that. So, um, before, you know, before, yeah, before I head out, I want to thank everybody who, uh, you know, who said uh, a lot of stuff about you, know, about me or whatever, my absence and stuff. Um, I just had uh, a couple of, um, of uh personal things happen and uh so i just just want to thank everybody and um yeah i appreciate you guys you guys were great for us in 2022 and uh hope to be even better in 2023 so just want to thank you all yeah we love you buddy we're here for you we're always going to have your back and it's a pleasure to have you back on the show with us but ladies and gentlemen and also thank you thank you to james um for, yeah. for filling in for me in my absence so just that's to your favorite shout that's out. your boy i know and if you know if i'm shouting him out then you know i really mean it because uh, <laughs> i'm saying that you know absolutely man but that is the show ladies and gentlemen and again that's a wrap on the 2022 nfl regular season the buccaneers finish eight and nine they lock up the four seed they win the nfc south and they will host a home playoff game whether that is against the philadelphia eagles or the dallas cowboys remains yet to be seen but we'll obviously keep you updated as we know more we'll talk to you later this week with former tampa bay buccaneers quarterback sean king and of course on friday will be our weekly game preview show, for uh, so stay tuned for that. Thank you to everybody hanging out with us live here on YouTube, tuning in. We truly do appreciate you and your support. Thank you, Matt Diaz, for the super chat. Mr. Bucks Nation as well. Eddie Nash, Kayla Brown, Roger Roger, James, Matts, Jonathan Smith, anyone else that I may have missed in the live chat, we truly do appreciate your support. Check out the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast, best place to go for updates on the show. And of course, Buccaneer News as it happens. Speaking of Bucks News as it happens, you can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily. You can also find him on Twitter at EvanNFL and check out his written work at BucksNation.com. You got anything cooking this week? Well, obviously we'll have the the what the what really happened, the predictions review, which it might be tough to actually write because like you know it's all different on what your expectations were for the starters and stuff like that so um but i'll have one more stock stock watch i guess before the playoffs um and then also have a a three burning questions this time would be a playoff edition so uh yeah be on the lookout for that last but not least you can find myself instagram and twitter at reticus r-h-e-t-t a-k-u-s if you follow me i will follow you back Thanks again for hanging out with us this week. Excited to get into some playoffs coverage for the third year in a row. A nice change of pace here these last couple of seasons regarding our beloved Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Win, lose, or draw, we'll be right here with you guys bringing you the latest. We'll talk to you later this week with former Bucks quarterback Sean King as we break down this game and prepare for the wild card round. I am your host, Rhett Matthews, signing off for my co-host, Evan Wanish. We'll talk to you in the next one. Until then, and as always... Thanks for listening, and go Bucks. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.